0: This program is made possible by BibleWayMedia.org, overseen by the Uluga'a Church of Christ in Uluga'a, Oklahoma. You're listening to Opening the Scriptures with Don Boyd. Today we're going to continue our studies in the book of Daniel. We're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 10, a look into the spiritual realm. The 10th through 12th chapters of Daniel are all one vision. The tenth chapter is the prologue, the eleventh chapter is the prophecy itself, and the twelfth chapter is the epilogue. In Daniel 10, we find Daniel mourning and fasting for three weeks. We see that an angelic being is sent to help him. We see Daniel's reaction to the angelic being and we get some insight into the spiritual realm. So first of all, we're going to look at the time of the vision. The period in history in which it takes place is 539 B.C., and we learn that from Daniel chapter 10, verse 1, where it says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, A thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. And he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. So it is in the third year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, and remember that the, or 539 B.C., Remember that the Babylonians were conquered, and at this time it's three years later in history, maybe 536 B.C. We get these things straight because Babylon was conquered in 539. So now we're in 536 B.C. The time of the year is found in Daniel chapter 10, verses two through four. Daniel ten, two through four. It says, in those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the four-and-twentieth day of the first month, I was by the side of the great river, which is Hedekel. Well, first of all, we'll notice that he is mourning for three weeks, There's no pleasant bread, flesh, wine coming to his mouth. He didn't anoint himself during that time. And we see that it is in the first month. On the four and twentieth day of the first month, that is the Hebrew month of Nisan. We go back to Leviticus chapter 23, and we look at verses 4 through 8. Leviticus 23 verses 4 through 8 and we get an idea of what is taking place it says there these are the feasts of the Lord even holy convocations which ye shall proclaim in their seasons in the 14th day of the first month even at even is the Lord's Passover And on the fifteenth day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. In the first day you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein. Now verse 8. But ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord seven days. In the seventh day is a holy convocation ye shall do no servile work therein. So Daniel's mourning and fasting period was during the Passover and Feast of Unleavened Bread. And it was the 24th day of the first month of Nisan there when he was by the river Hittichel, which is also the Tigris. So Daniel was by the Tigris River. Now the question comes, why was Daniel mourning? Why was he doing that? Some say it was because that Daniel had received word that the reconstruction of the city of Jerusalem and the temple was going poorly. We go over to the book of Ezra, chapter 4, and we're going to look at verses 4 through 5. Ezra chapter 4 verses 4 through 5. It says there, And the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus king of Persia, even to the reign of Darius king of Persia. So even during the reign of Cyrus, the people of the land were hindering the rebuilding there of the city of Jerusalem. Now there are others that say that Daniel was bereaved about the spirituality of the people as a whole. Well, it could be both. It could be both. And along with the prior visions that Daniel had received concerning the destruction of Israel, that was shown to him that would happen again. But regardless, it was very deep concern on Daniel's part. Now, in Daniel chapter 10, verses 5 and 6, there is an angelic being that comes to him. Daniel 10 5, and 6. It reads, Then I lifted up mine eyes, and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of ufaz. His body also was like beryl, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. There are some who say that this angelic messenger is Gabriel or another prominent angel, and others say it is the pre-incarnate Christ. But regardless of which it is, let's look at the messenger's appearance. First of all, he is dressed in linen. Dressed in linen. Linen was the fabric that was worn by priest and high priest, and it was symbolic of purity. Over in Revelation chapter 15, look at verse 6. Revelation chapter 15, verse 6. It says, And the seven angels came out of the temple, having seven plagues clothed in pure and white linen, and having their breast girded with golden girdles. So pure and white. Back in Daniel chapter 10, we see that he had a belt of fine gold, representing riches and glory. It says his body was like beryl. Beryl is a mineral of great hardness, occurring in green and bluish-green six-sided prisms. It is precious and brilliant. It says his face was as the appearance of lightning, bright and shining. His eyes as a lamp of fire, keen and penetrating. His arms and feet were in color to polished brass, bright and strong. His voice like a multitude, which would be loud and strong. His appearance here is similar to that appearance of Christ that John saw in Revelation chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. Revelation 1, 13 through 16. John says, And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and gird about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass as if burned in a furnace, and his voice as the voice of many waters. And now verse 16. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. So it is similar to that of Christ there in Revelation 1:13 through 16. In Daniel chapter 10, verses 7 through 9, we see Daniel's reaction to this angelic messenger. Daniel 10, 7 through 9. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men that were with me saw not the vision. But great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Now I want to stop reading right there. Because there was a similar event that took place in the New Testament as well over in Acts chapter 9 when the apostle, or when Saul of Tarsus at that time was going to the city of Damascus. Acts chapter 9 and we begin reading there in verse 3 and we're going to read down through verse 7. Acts 9, 3 through 7. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. So Saul alone heard what was being said, because those that were with him did not understand what was being said. In Acts chapter 22, Acts chapter 22, verse nine, it says there, and they that were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. In other words, they saw the light there, but they did not understand what was being said to Saul of Tarsus. So here in Daniel chapter 9 verse 7, we have Daniel alone seeing the vision. And those that were with him didn't see the vision, but he says great quaking fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. So they knew something was going on there, something majestic, something terrifying was taking place. Now let's read Daniel 10 verses 8 and 9. He says, Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me. For my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face and my face toward the ground. Whenever we look at this, Daniel's reaction there, Daniel's bodily strength left him. When he heard the angelic being's voice, he dropped to the ground and had no strength left in him. He said, there again in verse 8, Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision. There remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned into corruption. The Hebrew word there, corruption, means a death-like paleness. Daniel was in fear. Daniel heard this great voice. He saw this majestic being there, and he was extremely afraid. But in verses 10 through 12 of Daniel 10, Daniel is strengthened. Daniel 10, verses 10 through 12. He says, And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. So Daniel was laying prostrate on the ground. But now when this hand touched him, he is able to get up on his hands and knees. Now verse 11. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright. For unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said unto me, verse 12, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. So again we see that Daniel was set on his hands and knees. The Hebrew word there translated set means to waver. Daniel was still unstable, even on his hands and knees. And then Daniel stood up trembling. He was still greatly afraid, as we read there, the voice of the angel whenever he told him, Fear not, been there in verse 12. Fear not, Daniel. So Daniel is encouraged. He is one that is greatly loved by God. Now, in verses 13 and 14, we're going to see some things that are hard for us to understand, and we may not be able to understand them, but it's a look into the spiritual realm. Daniel 10, 13, and 14. Now, remember, Daniel had been there for 21 days, and this angelic being is saying there in verse 12 again from the first day i was sent he goes i'm come for thy words now verse 13 he says but the prince of the kingdom of persia withstood me one and 20 days so during that 21 day period there was the prince of the kingdom of Persia who was withstanding him. He says, but lo, Michael one of the chief princes came to help me and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Verse 14, now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people. In the latter days For yet the vision is for many days. So that angelic messenger told Daniel that he was delayed those 21 days. And those 21 days were the time of Daniel's mourning and fasting. The angelic messenger said he was opposed by the prince of the kingdom of Persia who would have been another angelic being who aligned himself with Persia against Israel. So again, some of these things are going to be hard to be understood. Now, he may be a spirit that influenced the kings of Persia to support the Samaritans against Israel, as we saw there in Ezra chapter 4, whenever we read that while ago. But now to the aid of this angelic messenger, Michael, the prince of Israel, was sent. We know that Michael is the archangel from other passages that we have read. And it appears from this passage then that angels act as patrons and advocates of particular nations before God. Now, remember from the book of Job, we want to go back to Job chapter 1. It says in verse 6 Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. So there are days when those angelic beings come to present themselves before God. And in Job's instance, there was the devil as well. We also know that in verse 2, or excuse me, chapter 2 of Job verse 1, again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. So we might be able here to combine Job chapters 1 and 2 with what is taking place here in Daniel chapter 10. The days whenever the sons of God, the angels, come before God to present themselves. And here we may have that there are those that work with the different nations of the world to present themselves before God. And here we see that there was one angel that prevented this angelic being from coming to Daniel for 21 days. Barnes, in his commentary, said this, and I quote, There is nothing in the passage to forbid the supposition that it was by so influencing the mind of the king and his ministers as to dispose them to favor the return of the Jews, or to afford them facilities to rebuild their temple or to remove some of the obstacles which would tend to prevent their restoration unquote. all right whenever we look at this then it is again it is not something that's going to be easily understood because that's in the spiritual realm that though they are coming before god They're angelic beings working here and working there. Now, something interesting he says there in chapter 10. And I'll go down and look in verses 10 and following again. He says, And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees, on the palms of my hands. He said unto me, Daniel, the a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for thee I am sent. And when he had spoken this, he said unto me, I stood trembling, or the word, I stood trembling. Then he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand, and to chasten thyself before God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words." But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But, lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now, he says, I remained there with the kings of Persia, but here we see that he's with Daniel. Well, then, what does the word remained mean? The Hebrew word, according to Strong, says, it means this to jut over or exceed, by implication to excel, to remain or be left, causatively to leave, cause to abound or preserve. So whenever we look at the definition of the word here, it would mean that he exceeded them. There in verse 12, and we'll reread that, or verse 13, I exceeded there with the kings of Persia. In other words, he won the victory, and he was able now to come to Daniel. That one that had been preventing him to come, he had exceeded him, and now he was able to come to Daniel. Now the messenger said he was sent to inform Daniel what would happen to the Jewish nation in the latter days. This expression is an allusion to the close of the Jewish age and the beginning of the Messianic age with the establishment of the church. The vision given in chapters 11 and 12 will cover the time from Daniel until AD 70 when the city of Jerusalem is destroyed by the Romans. Now we want to look at Daniel's reaction to what this angelic being had just told him. And that is in Daniel chapter 10, verse 15. Daniel 10:15 said, And when he had spoken such words unto me, I set my face toward the ground, and I became dumb. In other words, he was unable to speak. Here, Daniel is overwhelmed again By the heavenly words and the understanding that he is going to see what is going to happen to his people, the Jewish people. And with humility and awe, he either places his face to the ground or he turns his face to the ground and is speechless. You think about standing in the presence of an angel of God. What is that going to be like? Let's go back to the book of Judges, chapter 13. In Judges, chapter 13, I want to begin reading there in verse 2. Judges 13, verse 2. It says, There was a certain man of Zora of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and bare not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Verse 4. Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine, nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God <clears throat> from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver the, Israel out of the hand of the Philistines." Now in verse 6, the woman came to her husband. She knew, she thought she had seen a man of God. Because she said, the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came unto me. And his countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God. Very terrible. But I asked him not whence he was, neither told me his name. For he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son. And now drink no wine, nor strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death." So she didn't know exactly who he was, but she knew that he was from God because she didn't ask him. Now in verse eight says, "'Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said," so here Manoah goes to God in prayer, and he says, "'O my Lord, let the man of God, which thou didst send, come again unto us, and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. Verse 9 says, God hearkened to the voice of Manoah, And the angel of God came again unto the woman, as she sat in the field, but Manoah her husband was not with her. Verse 10 And the woman made haste, and ran, and showed her husband, and said to him, Behold, the man hath appeared unto me that came unto me the other day. Verse 11, Manoah arose, and went after his wife, and came to the man, and said unto him, Art thou the man that spakest unto the woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, Now let thy words come to pass. How shall we order the child, and how shall we do unto him? And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, verse 13, Of all that I said to the woman, let her beware. She may not eat of anything that cometh to the vine, or cometh of the vine, neither let her drink wine, or strong drink, nor eat unclean, any unclean thing. All that I have commanded her, let her observe. Again, he thinks he's talking to a man of God. Now look at verse 15. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, I pray thee, let us detain thee until we have made ready a kid for thee. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Though thou detain me, I will not eat of thy bread. And if thou wilt offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. Verse It says there, For Manoah knew not that he was an angel of the Lord. Verse 17. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, What is thy name? And when thy sayings come to pass, or that when thy sayings may come to pass, we may do thee honor. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why askest thou after my name, seeing it is secret? Verse 19. So Manoah took a kid with meat offering and offered it upon a rock unto the Lord and the angel did wondrously and Manoah and his wife looked on for it came to pass when the flame went up toward heaven from off the altar that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar and Manoah and his wife looked on it and fell on their faces to the ground they did the same thing Daniel did When they were in the presence, and they knew then they were in the presence of an angel of God, they fell to the ground. Verse 21 says, But the angel of the Lord did no more appear to Manoah and to his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was an angel of the Lord, and Manoah said to his wife, in verse 22, We shall surely die because we have seen God. They were afraid Verse 23 says, His wife said unto him, If the Lord were pleased to kill us, he would not have received a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands. Neither would he have showed us all these things, nor would at this time have told us such things as these. So they were frightened. And of course, the son that was born to them was Samson. But that just gives an example of what humans did whenever they were before an angel of God. We go to the book of Revelation, whenever John was there before the angel there. In one place, chapter 22, verse 8, Revelation 22, 8 And I, John, saw these things, and heard them. And when I heard them, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then said he unto me, See thou do it not. For I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. And isn't that what that angel told Manoah and his wife? If you're going to offer a sacrifice, you offer that to God. So we, But we get an understanding here of what Daniel is facing in Daniel 10. <clears throat> he has fallen to the ground because he has met an angelic being. His strength goes from him. He is overwhelmed by what has taken place and by what he hears from this angel. Well, Daniel, in Daniel 10, verses 16 through 19, Daniel is strengthened again. I mean, twice now his strength has left him. He's gone down to the ground. So let's read verses 16 through 19. And behold, one like the similitude of the sons of men touched my lips, then opened i my mouth and spake and said unto him that stood before me o my lord by the vision my sorrows are turned upon me and i have retained no strength for how <coughs> excuse me how can the servant of this my lord talk with this my lord for as for me straightway there remaineth no strength in me neither is there breath left in me Then there came again, and touched me, one like the appearance of a man, and he strengthened me. Now verse 19. And he said, O man greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be unto thee, be strong, yea, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened, and said, Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. The being in the human form then touches Daniel's lips, and that restores his ability to speak. And Daniel explains that his silence and limp body condition are due to the trauma and sorrows of the vision. He tells him that he is breathless, he is traumatized, he is desperate. And Daniel is touched again. And his overall physical condition was restored. Daniel was encouraged and edified by this angelic being. And now Daniel's ready to hear the rest. Daniel is ready to hear what the angel or the angelic being here is going to tell him. In verses 20 and 21 here of Daniel chapter 10, we get another look into the spiritual realm. Daniel 10, 20, and 21. Then said he, Knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee? And now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come. But I will show thee that which is noted in the Scripture of truth. There is none that holdeth with me in these things but Michael your prince. Again, in some unknown way to us, angelic beings were at odds with each other over the role of Persia and Greece and all of these things play into God's scheme of things so now we see that there were angelic beings that were siding or influencing persia in angelic beings that would influence greece and in angelic beings that influenced on the side of israel now you go back and we looked at the visions that we've already looked at Greece and Persia were two of those world powers that were. Greece was yet to come. Persia was now a world power or the world power after they had conquered Babylon. And he says he was going to go fight with the prince of Persia. The word fight there in the Hebrew, Strong says that word means to feed on figuratively, to consume, by implication to battle as destruction. So apparently this angel was going to fight with the one that was helping Persia, and then the angel that was with Greece would conquer or overcome the one there with Persia because the Grecian Empire under Alexander the Great, as we saw, would conquer the Persian Empire. So there is some unknown way to us that angelic beings are at odds with each other. Now the outcome of earthly conflicts are known by God. And so the angelic messenger is assuring Daniel of the certainty of the future and God's providential hand in it all. One of the great statements that is made there in verse 21, he says, but I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth. This is truth, this is in the scripture. Whenever we look at 2 Timothy chapter three, verses 16 and 17, we know that we can know the truth. John 8:32. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We know that the word of God is truth. From John 17:17, 17, 17, when Jesus, in His prayer, said to the Father, "Sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy word is truth." And here the angels or The angelic being says, "The Scripture of truth." In John three sixteen and seventeen it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The Bible is the scripture of truth. And in second Timothy two fifteen we're instructed to study. To show ourselves approved unto God, workmen and women that need not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. We're to be rightly dividing that word. And God's word is truth. There are not more than one truth. There is only one truth. You know, whenever you use the base 10 system. You know, if someone tells you 1 plus 1 is always 2, that's not true. In base 10 it is. In binary it's not. In binary 1 plus 1 is 1 0. It's not 2 because there is no 2 in binary. So there's only one truth. 1 plus 1, yes it's 2 in base 10, but not in base 1 not in binary, but there is only one truth. And whenever men try to interpret the truth, they input their own ideas into it, and the truth is no longer the truth. God said what he meant, and he meant what he said. The scripture is truth, and we need to study the scripture and rightly divide that truth because God is intelligent enough to convey meaning to those whom he created and not have those whom he created trying to add to or take away His front, uh, from his word by their interpretation. You, know, you think about that, just a little example. You send your child to the grocery store and you said, I want you to bring me a loaf of bread and and some milk and that should be enough you then your child comes back with a loaf of bread and it comes back with a gallon of milk comes back with a package of reese's peanut butter cups and chocolate milk and some strawberry jam and you're going what 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 are you doing he said i told you to go get bread and milk and he said well i interpreted what you meant there and I thought you might want some chocolate milk and to go along with that milk, that you might want some strawberry jam and some Reese's peanut butter cup. See, he interpreted what you said. Now, God does not want us to interpret what he says. He wants us to rightly divide what he says. Because we get to interpret, you know, some people say, well, that's your interpretation. No, when God said it, that's true. There is no interpretation that needs to be done. So here in Daniel chapter 10, a very, very interesting chapter and a chapter that is hard to understand. But what kind of applications can we take from Daniel 10? Well, first, we see Daniel was a man devoted to spiritual concerns. He was devoted to that. Religious matters took precedence over worldly concerns in his life. Religious matters were first in his life. And isn't that what Jesus said in Matthew 6:33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek God's kingdom first. Secondly, we see that Daniel was stunned and awed by the word of God. Are we stunned and awed by God's word? Or do whenever we read through it, do we just look at it haphazardly? Do we just look at it and see what it has to say? Do we put the Bible aside there on the coffee table or on the shelf and every once in a while we look at it? We're not stunned and awed by the word of God if we treat God's word that way. Next we see that Daniel was assured that he was loved by God. Daniel was told twice that he was a man greatly beloved. And that is why these angelic beings were sent to him, because he was greatly beloved. Are we greatly beloved? The answer is absolutely, John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We're all greatly beloved, but we do need to understand that unless we're a child of God, prayers are not going to be answered. And Daniel was a child of God under the Old Testament law there, under the law of Moses. Today, in order to be a child of God, you know, we've got to hear God's word. God's word is truth. We've already looked at that. Romans 10:17. We must believe the word of God. Hebrews 11:6 says, "Therefore he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him." We also must repent of sin. Jesus said in Luke 13:3 and in Luke 13:5 that, "Except ye repent, you shall all likewise perish." In Acts 17, 30 said, or Paul said, God commands all men everywhere to repent. We must confess the deity of Christ. The Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8, 37, whenever he had told Philip, he said, See, here is water what doth hinder me to be baptized. And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart thou mayest. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Those are all prerequisites to being baptized for the remission of sins, Acts 2.38 says. Peter told them there, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 22.16, Saul of Tarsus was told by Ananias there, and now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Whenever we do that, the Lord adds us to his church. Acts 2.47, where it says, The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. That is how we become a child of God. Only then will God hear our prayers. And Daniel here was assured that he was loved by God, and Daniel's words were heard by God. Only Daniel's words were heard by God because Daniel was a faithful child of God under the system in which he lived, under which he lived, the Mosaic law. And for our words to be heard by God when we pray, We must be a faithful child of God under the system that we live under, and that is the law of Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Daniel was also told not to fear, but to be strong and to be at peace. And we can be at peace as well, knowing that we, if you are a faithful child of God, You can have a peace that excels all or surpasses all understanding. And that is what we can have if we are a faithful child of God. Having that peace which passes all understanding. Philippians chapter 4. Begin reading there in verse 6. It says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. And that's what Daniel did. He made his requests known unto God. Verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We can have peace. And Daniel was told to be strong and to be at peace. we also see that God's angelic workers are apparently busy operating behind the scenes in this world. And apparently Satan's counterparts are doing the same. When we look in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. Paul there says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So whatever they're doing, they're out there doing it, But here, as Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, if we put on the whole armor of God, we will be able to withstand. We'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil there in verse 11. We can withstand in verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. So we need to be standing for the Word of God. We need to be standing with God. We need to be standing with the Word of God. And that's what Daniel did. Again, this is Don Boyd with the Blue Springs Church of Christ. I want to thank you for being with us today in our study of Daniel 10. Lord Welling, next time we'll be looking at Daniel chapter 11 and Daniel 11 is a detailed look into the future that being the future of Daniel not us but the future of Daniel and it is very detailed when you're in Moody Missouri you're invited to visit the Moody Church of Christ located on Highway E in Moody Missouri the congregation there meets on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Bible class 11 a.m. for worship and then again at 6 p.m. for Sunday evening worship they also meet at 6 p.m. on Wednesday night for Bible study We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Wave Media by visiting us at BibleWaveMedia.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We thank you for listening.